Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome to the show. Fist Street Soccer, Nick Eber and Kartik Krishnai with you for our special podcast-only edition tonight. Uh, the network, uh, Sirius XM and Sports Byline, having a little trouble uh, tonight. So uh, we thought rather than take another day off the show, because I've been traveling and uh, it's been a little difficult to get uh, shows out daily, as we should be doing, uh, we thought we would, uh, you know, let the show go on and we'd give you a special commercial-free podcast edition tonight. So much going on, particularly in the Premier League, Kartik. I want to touch on Premier League tonight. I want to just touch a little bit on these ridiculous FIFA awards and uh, take it from there. Sound good, Kartik? Sounds good. All right. Well, let's get to it, shall we? Your boys demolished Watford 8 0 tells me, first of all, how incredibly good Manchester City are because you have to be a great team to demolish another Premier League team by eight goals. tells me how bad Watford are. Kiki uh, Flores, Kiki Flores, Sanchez, Sanchez Flores done a, is, is, and has inherited seemingly uh, a, a real problem child there. It wasn't really so much of a problem last season, but we're going to talk about that a little bit. But I want to talk about the title race because Liverpool, uh, perfect, six for six, up by five points. Look, there is no champion crowned five, six games into the season. Let's make that clear. We're going to have a title race. Uh, you know, both Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola said the same thing. Way too early. Early doors. Let's not talk about uh, champions. Let's just enjoy the race for what we've got, which is two teams that are clearly a class above the other teams in the league right now, and that's Liverpool and City. Uh, There's some really interesting storylines, I think, going around the Premier League. But, Kartik, whereas we can't really put our hands on who's going to be champion six games in, we can certainly talk about who is likely to get relegated. And I say this because there is only going to be one champion but there are three people that will win the booby prize. So I think that it's uh, it's fair game to talk about that this early on. There are currently four teams, I want to say, that have yet to win a match. Uh, excuse me, I believe that's three. Uh, that's Watford, Wolves, and Newcastle. And, you know, I am, uh, pardon me, Watford, Wolves, and uh, Brighton. And I am absolutely flabbergasted that Wolves and Watford have yet to win a game. These were two teams last season, Kartik, that we were kind of talking about being sort of the upper tier of mid-table, the best of the rest sort of thing. And uh, wow, how how times have changed. Yeah, they were battling for seventh and in fact uh, played in an epic FA Cup semifinal match that Watford won in extra time. So um, after being down two goals, Wolves uh, are having the distraction of Europe. There's no two ways about that. They're having trouble. Uh, they have actually, though, rescued two matches. The last two matches have gotten points in uh, in deep in stoppage time uh, to get a point against Burnley uh, uh, on the 25th of August and then uh, uh, this other, the other day against Palace so, or yesterday against Palace. So uh, there is still some fight, some character there. Watford, on the other hand, looked like they're capitulating. Guys like Decore, who were so good last year, and there was talk he might go to Arsenal. There was talk he might even go to PSG. Uh, they opted for uh, Adrissa Gaia instead from... Uh, from uh, Everton, another team that's having a lot of trouble. We'll get yeah, to that right. later. Um, and uh, it just seems to have fallen apart. Kiki Sanchez-Flores, a better defensive manager than Javi Gracia. However, the early returns of the Sanchez-Flores era or are 10 goals shipped in two matches. So 
Uh, doesn't seem like he's turned things around yet, but there's still time. There are still clubs like Brighton and Newcastle in this division that have uh, an absence of quality in their squad. Uh, however, um, you don't want to be uh, cut adrift early in the season. They're already three points from safety, which uh, after six matches is, is pretty remarkable. Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, I want to talk about remarkable because, uh, you know, what's remarkable to me is that the odds makers have Steve Bruce as the next favorite manager to get sacked. Uh, I think that would be very, very harsh. Uh, Newcastle have really only lost two games out of six on the season. Uh, then maybe sometimes the results are flattered, flattered to deceive a little bit. Uh, they have a massive match ahead of them. Uh, at the King Power Stadium on Sunday against Leicester City. And I think that is going to be a real marker for Steve Bruce and his men. If they lose that match, I know it's a way, but if they lose that match, you have to wonder if uh, they're going to start, uh, you know, putting the pressure on Steve Bruce. Or who's available that would do better than Steve Bruce? Well, that's a great question. Um, Jose Mourinho? He's not going to take that job. I mean, I <laughs> that's think a joke. That's a joke. After after we saw what happened with um, with Rafa Benitez and Benitez not uh, being able to uh, get the resources necessary to compete, even with teams that were uh, quite frankly not even compete with teams that are that are fighting relegation. Yeah, I mean, it was really bad uh, the, the situation there. I, I think it's um, it's very very unlikely we will see. Um, we will see uh, a, a better coach than than Bruce. Now, Bruce is, of course, a Jordy also. So, yep. um, I don't know. I think it's probably uh, it's unfair. He probably will get a longer leash. And, and the other thing, one thing I can say for Mike Ashley, um, Nick, is that he doesn't sack managers that often. Um, for all his other faults and flaws as an owner, and believe me, there are many. He generally, when he hires someone, he sticks with them as long as they can, as he can. So um, I, I, I think he'll be uh, – I think Bruce will be there for a while. I think the bookies have this one wrong. I think they do as well, actually. Uh, by the way, huge match coming up of the weekend. Uh, really, a, really a big one on Saturday. It's, uh, it's at the Molyneux. It's Wolves hosting Watford in the 19th and 20th. Uh, really a relegation six-pointer. Uh, this will be the seventh match of the season. Um, you know, Wolves are the ones that surprise me the most that they are down there. You're right. Europe is a distraction. They're by far a better team than the 19th position in the table says. And I think that on Saturday, it's going to be a very, very bad day for Watford, uh, as I think uh, they are going to get really badly done by Wolves uh, away. Yeah, I think I think Wolves will probably win that uh, pretty easily. Let's uh, let's jam along, Carter, because it's the podcast edition. We don't have commercials. It also means that we can, you know, uh, move as we speak, uh, move along uh, niftily, so to speak. Uh, Let's talk about Leicester City because we have to talk about Leicester. We have to talk about that match against Spurs. And um, I believe you and I had Leicester winning this game, didn't we? Or did we have a draw? I, I can't remember. I thought we had Leicester winning. Thought we had Leicester winning. Look, there are big, big problems going on. Yeah, we did. We said that Spurs were in big trouble uh, yeah. after their collapse at Olympiacos, where they they right they uh, gave up two ship. Yeah, yeah, late goals. 
Right. It's the same thing. Look, uh, there's something desperately wrong with this Spurs team. I think it's a lack of motivation. I think last season, um, you're getting to the Champions League final and losing and realizing that the team kind of, it was a culmination of, uh, of so many things that broke their way to get there. And I'm not in any way taking anything away from their great comeback victory against PSG, okay? Uh, but what I am saying is that I think the players on Spurs recognize that that was a once-in-a-lifetime shot wearing, wearing Spurs kit to win a Champions League. Uh, and, and when that did not happen, um, you know, I think uh, the realization was they're not getting back there. And right. I just think the you know, I think it's completely mental. I think it's... Uh, a complete lack of focus. I think Pochettino has to be held accountable, uh, as well as the players. You don't hold, you know, if you're going to give out blame pie, uh, you're going to give a big piece to the players, but you also got to give a big piece to the manager because his job is to get those players out there ready for game day. Yeah, um, there's there's something wrong. I mean, we we we. It seems like we're having this conversation once every few days uh, when we do this show. Uh, they um, again. They had the lead. Now, now, granted, they they had a, a second goal cruelly chalked off. Yes, they did. Um, you know, I, this is this is one of the problems with VAR is that the, the microscopic. When we had this conversation during the Women's World Cup, right over the summer, right with the uh, um, the situation in, in terms of uh, VAR being used to, uh, to 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 legislate on offsides, and, and there used to be kind of a daylight standard, uh, but. Still a capitulation late. Uh, this young Leicester team, and we, we've said all season there'd be highs and lows with them, uh, but this was a high for them for sure. And I, and I think uh, you have to be concerned that uh, Spurs might just capitulate. Maybe uh, um, maybe Pochettino is the next guy to go in terms of managers. Maybe he's just going to walk away at some point. Well... He said that if they won the Champions League, he was going to walk. Last year, right. I mean, you can't say that and expect to come back to the team and and have things the same way they were beforehand, don't you think? It's only logical, right? Um, yeah, uh, but, I, but, but I think also he, um, by saying that, then put a situation in place where there was a feeling among the the top players well if that's his view uh we should be able to move on to a cl- club that's going to pay us more or give us more exposure or do whatever so the real madrid's the manchester united's uh the bayern munich's of the world begin sniffing around they unsettle players like christian erickson among others and we, you have what we have now which i believe is a situation where uh um there is going to be a real problem uh, for these guys going forward, uh, as long as Pochettino is the manager and some of them are kept uh, against their will. And, and, and look, you only have a certain number of years at uh, the top level of, of European club football. And Spurs do not pay top wages. And I can't stress this enough. And, and people, fans can say players are selfish players are this, they are that. They are professionals, and they only have a few years, unlike in most professions, a few years at the top shelf life of their earning cap- earnings capability. 
And Spurs are a club, once again, I'm saying this, uh, Nick, that do not pay a premium for players. They might pay premium transfer fees. They paid whatever they did for Ndombele. They paid whatever they did for Lo Celso. But they won't give uh, Ndombele the sort of wages that an 80 million pound player would get at Manchester United or uh, Liverpool or Manchester City or Real Madrid or Juventus, etc. They won't. It's just it's just the way Daniel Levy operates the club. So I think uh, this this side has run its course. This particular set of players. Uh, I, I admire what Pochettino has done. I admire the principles of the club, not to overspend and not bust the wage bill and not have uh, create problems where you have Alexis Sanchez or, or Mesut Ozil in your dressing room, Nick, and, and they're busting right. the wage bill and creating disharmony because they're making so much more than everyone else. But I, I, I just don't see them coming back from this. I don't either. I think it's going to take a managerial change because you can't change every player on that squad. I think Pochettino's got right. to go. And I think if they keep struggling, he will. Look, another team struggling, Manchester United. Uh, we, we, fans are really starting to get on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer for this. I think it's ridiculous. Uh, this squad that they have at United is just not good enough. And I want to just t- go back, if I can, Kartik, to the end of the Solskjaer honeymoon, which was a defeat uh, away at the Emirates against Arsenal 2-0 uh, March of last March of this year since that time uh, that what that was what match day uh, 30 right so they played right. uh, eight more games of those eight matches they won only two and they've won only two in the last six so of right. uh, what's eight and six is 14 right yeah so of the last 14 matches, they've won four out of the last 14 matches. I mean, this is a real problem with this club. This is the, the problem isn't the manager. The problem, quite frankly, is this squad is just not good enough. And it's going to take more than you know signing one player. This is going to take a complete retool. And if they sack the manager, Kartik, I think they're just causing more problems. I mean, there's some discussion that they're looking at Thomas Tuchel from uh, from PSG, who uh, is a good manager. There's no doubt about that. But you know, what, what's he going to do with that squad? I don't think he could do anything more. One thing Tuchel has done really well in his career is he's developed players. Um, when he was at Borussia Dortmund, that were overhyped, and then they fleeced uh, other big clubs into buying them. I, I speak specifically of Dembele and Pulisic, yeah. two guys that went for way too much money. Both those guys to Barcelona and Chelsea, respectively. So uh, Tuchel's a good manager. I mean, I, I like the football they play, the style that Dortmund played, and then he's taking that style of PSG, uh, like you said the other day after that Champions League game. Such a watchable team. I don't know why Tuchel would want to go to Manchester. I, I, I don't. I don't think they gain anything. Well, they do gain something if they get a guy like Tuchel. But I don't believe, unless they're going to pay him so much, which I guess at this point they might have no choice, why he would go there. Now they could get Pochettino this time, third time to charm maybe. Uh, I don't think Solskjaer has done much wrong. I just don't think they're a very good team. I mean, this West Ham result was pretty predictable. And as I said on Twitter... And as we uh, did indeed predict, right, Kartik? And we did predict predict. on Friday. Yeah. uh, Player for player, West Ham, if you take Pogba out of the United team, player for player, West Ham's a better team. And they were playing at home. They should win 2-0, 2-1 or 2-0, and they did. Yeah, they did. And uh, I want to say West Ham... Uh, they have, didn't they lose the first game of the season? Yes, they did. They played, uh, uh, 
<coughs> excuse me, City. Uh, but since that, you know, loss to City on opening day, they've they've gone undefeated. I mean, with West Ham United, look, Pellegrini's a, a really good manager. I mean, he is a steady hand. He's an experienced manager. He is good with his players. He's good with his tactics. He's good with his training. He's good with his transfers. This is a great catch for West Ham, and I think they've just got great things to look forward to. New stadium. Yeah, Pellegrini's right? an old... Yeah. Yeah, Pellegrini's an elite manager, actually. He is uh, in, he, in, in world football. He really is, and he's a, and he's a players' manager. So this is something where uh, everywhere he's gone, he's gotten buy-in from the players, and he's done well everywhere. It's been Villarreal, Real Madrid. He did fantastic in that one season. They sacked him because Mourinho was available. Correct. Um, yeah. Malaga did fantastic. Manchester City won a title. Uh, won a couple other uh, cup competitions as well. And uh, obviously now at West Ham, they didn't have a fit squad last year. Um, guys were in and out. They started very poorly, but he eventually got them uh, to 10th. This season, their fitter, Lanzini, is fit. Wilshire is fit. Yep. Can you believe that? Unbelievable, <laughs> and isn't it? Some, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 well, let, we're not sure how long that'll last. But for now, Pellegrini getting good performances out of Jack Wilshire and Sebastian Haller, who was a uh, Oh, for me, one of the best number nines in yeah, the Bundesliga from... last year with Eintracht. Eintracht Adding yeah. him, uh, they're, they're just loaded with quality. And look at Declan Rice. This player is turning into potentially a first 11 guy for England in that holding midfield role. He looks, to me, like a guy who's going to have a long international career. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, uh, uh, the way I look at this table right now, uh, I think this is fascinating because, you know, uh, I say this about Spurs. You just don't know which Spurs team is going to show up on any given day. And, uh, you know, they have two wins on the season only. They won their opening ma- uh, opening day match against Villa. Uh, that was at home. They beat uh, Crystal Palace at home. And, uh, right, and they beat them right at the uh, Palace, right at the time when they were having all sorts of Zaha issues, if you remember. So, I mean, okay, Tottenham are basically crap. United are awful. Uh Leicester City under Brendan Rodgers, West Ham United under Pellegrini. Um, you, uh, it's very, you know, it is not a stretch to say we could have a top four of Liverpool, City, Leicester, and West Ham. I mean, Arsenal are all over the place. Uh, I tend to think Arsenal will squeak their way to a top four finish, although I think they're just awful defensively. Um, they can make up for it by uh, some very nice sweeping attacking play, which they're fully capable of doing. Um, yeah. And and by the way, what is it with the uh, Gwendozi haircuts going on there now? They've got uh, now they're uh, all got they've all they, got they've all got it, it right. Gwendozi and, and David Luis, I can't tell apart anymore. I know and, I can't uh, either. Get him uh, a hairband. Yeah, and a couple other guys like that too. But look, Spurs that win against Aston Villa. Remember, they were they were down most of that match, and they got three late goals. Yeah, I remember uh, that scoreline was a little flattering to them. And then you mentioned the the, the, the Palace match. Uh, which just seemed like a correction because Palace was going pretty good at that time. I, I think Spurs are in all kinds of trouble. Uh, Manchester United are in trouble, uh, and they don't have a good enough team. I do think, and I know this is a controversial view, I do think Chelsea is going to climb back up the table. They have a young team. They have a team that's getting players fit again. Uh, they have guys like Mount and, 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 uh, and Abraham who are really uh, exciting young players but might have a couple off days because they're young. Uh, but you're getting Willian back. You're getting Pedro back. You are getting Hudson-Odoi back in, in, in a, 
match or two, you're getting Rudiger back. Yeah. So I, I of those. But let's teams, face it, uh, any United, team with the Spurs super... and Chelsea, I think Chelsea's in the best shape of those. Yeah, teams. but I mean, of course, I mean, you know, of course they are because they have uh, Pulisic. I mean, you know, they're going to win the <laughs> league. Aren't they? Who has been an who has been an unused substitute for three successive matches? And um, Nick, I don't have much time for these American pundits and American uh, U.S. national team fanboys who are taking shots at Frank Lampard, one of the greatest midfield scorers from the midfield position we have ever seen in English football. Taking shots at Frank Lampard just because their guy isn't playing and and it and. Um, impugning Lampard's motives and impugning his knowledge of go- of what takes what makes good attacking play and what makes good play for players out of possession. These problems that that are now being reported uh, about Pulisic that people are speculating why Lampard hasn't played him when he's got guys like Mount. Yeah, I mean the idea. I, I a couple people are telling me that uh, Pulisic is better than Pedro and Willian. The idea that he's better than Pedro, who won how many Champions Leagues with Barcelona, won the World Cup, won the uh, Euros with Spain, World Cup and Euros, won a couple Premier Leagues with Chelsea. This is madness, Nick. And the Pulisic thing, I think, is is potentially now going to damage the credibility of American commentators and American pundits because they are so uh, married to the idea that this guy is some sort of revolutionary breakthrough world-class player for American soccer, anyone who critiques him or any coach who doesn't play him, like last year it was Lucien Favre at, Favre at, at, at Dortmund, when he benched Pulisic to, work, to talk from all these people was, well, he doesn't want to rely on a guy they're going to sell or he doesn't like American players. There were all these, um, the, these theories. Now we're hearing the same thing with Lampard. I just have no time for it. I, I I cannot stand being on Twitter during a Chelsea match anymore, and it's because of the American fans. It's not because of the Chelsea wow. fans. I would just suggest this. He may well be as good or better than Pedro, and he may well be as good or better than Willian sometime in the future, but it's not today. <laughs> right. He's not right yeah. now. Let I'm this kid develop. Much. Let this kid develop. He, you know, he had a very mixed bag at, at Dortmund. He had a good year there the first time, and then the next year was not such a good year. Uh, yep. You know, give him time to develop as a player. He's young. He's what twenty two or something like that. You know, give him twenty one. T- twenty one. I mean, give really him time young. to develop under a player. Give the player and the coach time to build a relationship and trust each other. And and and, and that just doesn't happen overnight. And you know, the he hasn't played in England before. English football is very physical, very fast-paced. Positioning, uh, having that football smarts is more important in the Premier League probably than in any other league that there is. So you know, give him time. Back off. Back off him. Back off him, American fans. Let him develop. You, you are doing such a disservice to the, player, to, uh, to the player and to the U.S. national team because, you know, players live and die on confidence. And if they start to lose it, then you've basically lost that player. And, and he is a talent, and you never know what can happen. But give him time. Back the hell off. All right, uh, anything else in the Premier League that really stuck out for you, Kartik? Uh, Zaha getting the players behind uh, the club a little bit as they uh, eke out that uh, draw against Wolves. Uh, Everton just got awful. I mean, big, big problems with Goodison. I don't know what's going on there either. Yeah, yeah. so uh, just yeah, real briefly on Everton. They are the most underachieving club in European football right now. I I had had Schalke and Valencia on that list with Everton entering the season. I think Everton is now surging ahead of both of those clubs. It doesn't matter who they sign. It doesn't matter who their coach is. It doesn't matter how much money they spend. 
they find ways to underperform. And guys who underperform at Everton go to other places and perform better. This is now becoming a pattern. So, uh, or guys were better at the clubs they came from than they than they are at Everton. Right. Um, I don't know how much longer Marco Silva has there. Probably not much longer. Uh, nonetheless, it's, it may not be his fault. The next manager may not do a whole lot better. But Everton has spent so much money in the last how many windows? I guess it's been uh, five windows now. Uh, when you look at the overhaul of that squad, at some point they have to get it right, you would think. They've just spent so much money. They spent more money, actually, than Spurs and maybe even Arsenal over the course of the last um, uh, five windows, the last uh, three seasons. Uh, it, it's, it's crazy money they've been spending, and uh, they still can't claw their way past uh, seventh or eighth in the table. And this year, the way things are going, that, that'd be surprising if they finished that high. Well... That's what I see. We've got uh, Carabao Cup this week. We've got back to the Premier League next week. Um, I don't even want to talk about the Carabao Cup today. Uh, Kartik, very quickly before we sign off, uh, Lionel Messi wins FIFA Player of the Year award. Um, look, he's a great player. As, you know, we can argue that he's the greatest of all time, and we can have this discussion. But you know, did he really deserve FIFA Player of the Year award? Um, no. In not. fact, I'm uh, looking forward to. Uh... I might be going through a private screening of uh, uh, the uh, documentary about the player that is the greatest of all That's time, in my opinion, Diego. Diego Maradona. Yeah, HBO documentary. Really excited about this. Um, and obviously, we'll fill you in on the show as to when that documentary is going to run. Uh, but yeah, Messi is in that class. He's, I don't think he's quite as good as Maradona, but um, now it's getting kind of stale that he's getting awards in years where he's not um, – where he's not at his full messy effect. And, and uh, there are people who argue with me and say, because I, I, I would say he hasn't been as good the last few years. There are people who would tell me, well, that's because Xavi and Iniesta aren't there anymore at Barcelona and he's having to carry more of the load. Uh, I agree with that. However, this has been part of my theory about why I think Xavi Hernandez, and particularly Iniesta is in this category too, but Xavi in particular is an underrated and underappreciated player historically. I, it, it seems like wherever Xavi went, he won, right? Whether it was Spain or Barcelona, they right. would win the top prizes. That's not necessarily the case with Messi when he goes place in place for Argentina. Argentina loses in the Copa America once again, and... Uh, Messi is rewarded with uh, the Player of the Year award. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo wins the Nations League. He's won yeah. a Euro. Right. That's crazy. Uh, look, it's not that Messi. See, I, I maybe take a slightly different tack. I, I think I think it's 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 incredible how uh, Lionel Messi has changed his game as he's gotten older and has stayed as relevant and as dominant yeah, yeah, a player yeah. as he has. I mean, it's to be lauded and applauded and, and quite quite frankly, just looked at as almost a miracle <laughs> because he is such an incredible player. But having said that, the point that I think is silly about this is there are other players who have achieved more over this year, this last year, yeah. than Lionel Messi did, not taking anything whatsoever away from Messi but did he win the Champions League? No. Did he win any international plaudits with Argentina? No. Yes, he won La Liga. Okay. But that's one domestic title out of many. Yeah, they lost in the Copa del Rey, remember? They lost in Copa del Rey. 
So, look, it's not that he didn't score, what, 30-plus goals or whatever it was. He's a terrific player. Yeah. The point, So I'm not – but by saying what I'm saying, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from Messi. I'm just saying there are other players that I thought were more deserving of this award because of their achievements and the achievements of those uh, – their, their achievements and what they won. And, and that's it, and that's simple. But honestly, uh, the the press and the players and the people that vote for this – are very, very centered on the Messi-Ronaldo situation. They're very Real Madrid and Barcelona heavy. They always have been. Uh, it's almost like they're the personal Real Madrid and Barcelona awards, and that's not going to yeah. change anytime soon. Yeah, and, and you want to talk about – I agree with you on Messi transforming his game, but I want to um, remind people that Cristiano Ronaldo has gone from a guy that had uh, – uh, incredible blistering pace in wide areas and trick moves when cutting inside to a guy as he slowed and lost that pace uh, who is a deadly out-and-out number nine. Yeah, true. Central forward. Now, that's a transformation of a player, sure. a great player, from one type of player to another in order to um, extend his career and extend his career at the top of the game. I think Messi has transformed transformed this game. I agree. He doesn't have Xavi around him or Iniesta around him as he used to, and he's had to do more. He's had to drop deeper. He's had to yeah. really showcase his dribbling skills. But I would argue Ronaldo has done even more to transform oh, his, oh, his possibly, own game. And uh, quite possibly, to me, he's the best player in the world. Ronaldo, oh, I think they, right they, now. That's they are both. Opinion. I think they are both the best players in the world right now. Still. Yeah, yeah, they're the top I, two. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not. I, I'm not saying they're not the best players in the world, but but I don't think Messi deserved the the UEFA Best Player Award or the FIFA was a FIFA Best Player Award, right? Because FIFA, yeah. um, UEFA but, gave it to uh, to Van Dyke, but you know, UEFA gave it to Van Dyke. Yeah, the, the FIFA Best Player Award just because of his the achievements, the the actual trophies won and those accomplishments. Having said that, yes, Ronaldo is a wonder. Uh, Messi is a wonder. I do think we have probably one more year of this, and then I think you know age will uh, inevitably take its toll uh, on them both. But uh, having said that, Kartik, uh, it's been fun doing the podcast today with no commercials. We kept it brief. We've kept it to the point. We've had a lot of fun. But we are on the air Monday through Friday uh, when we don't have technical issues on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports, and the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, it's at Fifth Street Sports, but I am at Nick Gieber, and he is at KKFLA737. Uh, Kartik, anything else you want to say before we sign off? No, I think uh, um, that's. I think these two guys have a, uh, one or two more years at the top shelf life, and I want to just throw, throw this out there. Claudio Pizarro still scoring goals in the Bundesliga at the age of 40. Yeah. He didn't take the easy road out at 35 or 36 when people were saying he should come to MLS. Maybe that's the way Messi and Ronaldo are going to view things too because there are some guys now who have shown you can continue to be effective uh, in top-level uh, European football. And don't get me wrong, Pizarro will come on for 10 minutes for Werder Bremen, right? He can't play a full Bundesliga match. But he still is canny enough to where he could score a goal late in the match. And I think... Um, as as time goes on, there are more and more top-level players who don't want to waste a year or two of their career coming to Major League Soccer or going to China. So um, we've heard a lot of talk of those two guys winding up in the U.S. I have a feeling both of them will stay in Europe even past Barca and Juventus. Yep. Well, they don't want to come to the U.S. to die a slow career death. All right, Kartik, thanks right. a lot. 
Uh, that's going to wrap it up for today. We'll be back on the air live tomorrow on Sirius XM and Sports Byline Broadcast Network at 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, 6 Pacific. Till then, cheers. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.